BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Six PM. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B two B. An advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn Ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm your host, Will Meldman, here with my co-host, Brock O'Hearn. We have a very, very special guest today, Robbie Master Esquire. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Former Division I baseball player, current uh, lawyer, attorney, uh, Esquire, whatever you call that. And we went to high school together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Stoked to be here. This thanks, is awesome. Thanks for coming on, dude. It's always good to see you. Yeah, it is always good to see you guys. You know, I get a lot of energy from you guys. Yeah, likewise. You know man. that? It's it's exciting to have people like like you in my life. Oh, dude. Yeah, see, it's true, though. It's about having good people, right? That's what it's all about. And that's always, I mean, for me, that's I think that's part of the reason I like being an attorney. Uh, it's just because I get to meet a lot of interesting people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm excited to explore all that. Um, it's really incredible when you know one of your best friends from high school literally day one we were just talking about it um you know gets to meet one of your best friends from kind of later in life and adulthood like because brock and i met basically right after college and um you know you guys got along since day one also and it was like yeah who needs will anymore it was great (laughs) and like you love to see it you know you love to see it early on in our relationship i mean we met each other in high school but Sounds kind of weird. First day. Yeah, but I just remember, you can tell, you know, when you're talking to someone and they're passionate about something? Yeah, of course. He was that, that's what, that was him with film. And you could just tell from like day one. It was Thank cool. you, bud. No, it was cool, man. And that, you know, that stuff's contagious, infectious. Yeah. In a good way. And yeah, now, hell yeah. Now he's a producer, got a comic book uh, under the belt, dude, doing more and more stuff every day. Podcast. It's, podcast is great, dude. A lot of good stuff, man. That's yeah. awesome. You guys met, you said, first day of high, of high school? First day of high school. Yeah, wow. we were lived across the hall from each other. We, we both like finished unpacking our rooms with our parents and then they left and we, it was all school assembly and we walked to it together and it's like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Do you have any favorite moments from high school you guys remember? Oh, God. This is stuff I haven't heard, so I'm kind of curious. Oh, man, ones that we can say. Let's right. See, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because, like, you know, we, we went to boarding school. Boarding school is, is like pre-college, you know. 
Yeah. And so you grow up real fast and you get really comfortable. The thing I liked about it a lot, you get really comfortable around adults. Yeah. And I think that's served me really well in life. Uh, but let's see stories. I mean, the one he loves the, is the fire drill. Yeah. <laughs> the fire drill one's good. We could tell that one. Um, oh, so we woke up in the middle of the night. This is freshman year. So we're right yeah, across the hall. Freshman year, like, you know, we're at a boarding school. We're in a, you're not really used to like sleeping in a building with all your peers right next door. And we hear this loud, crazy beeping. And I jolt awake, unplug my computer, like my giant desktop computer, just start <laughs> unplugging everything. Cause I think it's like me for some reason. And then I'm like freaking out. I open my door. And right when I open my door, I see Robbie and he, whips open his door and we're both in our boxers and we look at each other like let's get the fuck out of here go, go, go. <laughs> and we sprint down the hallway and we get outside and the female dorm next door and our male dorm right there are all standing there in like perfect alignment and Robbie and I are in our boxers just <laughs> what? like what is going on it's like Oh my god! Did you guys dude. miss something or like? Uh, you know, we were just very uh, safety conscious. You know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out of the fire. <laughs> it's it was but, so strange though. It's like yeah. you wouldn't people your- knock on our door or like come get us or? But we just but the, I, that kind of speaks to who we are though in a way I think is that and once we got outside we were like whatever right, it was right. it was just kind of like what we're in our boxers like you know what of it. Yeah, and that's a personality trait in a way where it's just kind of like we're going to take risks. We don't care too much about what people think. Everyone does a little bit, but like, yeah, you know, there is, is it was interesting. Uh, and then we played a lot of sports together, man. I mean, we played water polo together. Yeah, uh, that was crazy. He would he would come back. He was, hey, Robbie and I had uh, seven goals today. Well, Robbie had six and I had one, but <laughs> Robbie was very good in the pool. I averaged like a goal a game and Robbie averaged like four or five. Dude, maybe I, more. That's I, a hard game. Man. I played water yeah. polo for a little bit, and it's that dude. It's so tough. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. so tough. I mean, it is, and they they beat you up. It's yeah. That was yeah. you were just a great swimmer. Like I could throw the hell out of that ball, yeah. so I'd get like one opportunity per game. But you were just like a yeah. dolphin. I like there. being in the water, man. I think maybe I'm a cancer. Maybe that's part of it. You know, it's a water sign. I'm a cancer too. Yeah, but didn't work. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I'm good with like wakeboarding and surfing stuff like yeah. that. I need a board. Yeah, and like some form of propulsion, you can just do it solo. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's hard. I think, especially with the life that uh, you live, we live, is being smart about the circle you have, the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, is yeah. No, you read a lot about that. You know, you are who you spend your time with, and I think the older you know, we're all in our mid thirties, young thirties, but that becomes more and more apparent. I think the older I get, is there's only so much time in the day. And when you spend it with good people, it makes a difference. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed as I've gotten older is to me, and I think to a lot of people, actually, it feels like time is becoming less and less. So you value it more. Yeah. Doesn't and it you, feels like it's going faster? It too. feels so much faster, <laughs> dude. It's, it's mind blowing. I don't even understand it because it's like, it was just January 1. Yeah. Like of 2021. Yeah. No, not 23, dude. <laughs> yeah. like, where, yeah. where, did, where did that go? Yeah. And so you, I think you start to value time more. You start to understand yourself more. And then you realize, you know, like my, my time is the most valuable asset I have. Yeah. And I really want to spend it with the good, the right people, the good pe- people I want to spend time with. You absolutely. Know? You pick absolutely. and choose. You get more choosy, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that reminds me of one of the reasons I started my own law practice was right after law school. I 
had a whole history that was outside of law. I worked in baseball. I was a scout for the Yankees, for the Cubs, was a GM of a semi-pro team in Santa Barbara. Loved all that. But after I graduated from law school, had an opportunity to go to the Yankees, work with them, turn it down. I was talking to an attorney, older guy, and he said, look, one of the things that I've liked about being an attorney is that I could, uh, I could have my work fit around my life, not my life fit around my work. And to me, that was really profound because it made, there's a lot of things I like to do. There's people I like to be around. And I was like, that's really interesting. If I can have control of my time and have some autonomy there, that sounds amazing. And so I was really trying to, you know, curate my life, build my life so that work fit around my life and what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of people, some people have that luxury. A lot of people don't, but I was given the opportunity to do that. I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. Let's take it and run. You know, so I started my own practice when right after I passed the bar. Looking back on it, <laughs> that was seven years ago. Looking back on it, there's no chance I would start my own practice right now. Wow. It was just, I mean, terrifying. The amount of stumbles you make. Yeah. You know, the amount of mistakes you make, the things you didn't even know. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. that's like, I mean, I would only really know from film, you know, uh, how that would even work, to be honest with you. But yeah. uh, uh, I think a lot of people, their goal would be becoming a partner first before they ever went off and you totally know, started their own. Totally. Was that, do you, you regret it or is it something that, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't regret it. I, yeah, yeah. That's no, that's a fair, fair question. I don't regret it. There's, I mean, it's certainly true that people can help you. People that have been there, mentors can help you avoid speed bumps. Mm. Not this, yeah. I wouldn't say shortcuts. I'm not sure. I really like <clears throat> the term shortcuts so much, I'm, but they can help you avoid certain things. Mm. They can, they can tell you what's around, you know, dark corners, Kind of things where where to go. Certainly have made some mistakes, but I definitely don't regret it. I I think part of me, I always found myself working in a, a professional aspect throughout my whole life. For some reason, I was always gravitating towards small companies, boutique boutique agencies, small companies. Even the baseball team I ran in Santa Barbara, the guy that ran it, uh, he had his own office, and it was just him and an assistant. Mm-hmm. And then they would get interns. I helped hire 16 interns that year, but they would get interns every year. And so I was just always around kind of these small shops. And I think I'm that kind of person. I like, I like freedom. I like, I guess it's control in a way, but I mean, I, I like the idea of looking in the mirror in the morning and you know, Hey, it's on you, dude. Do you like that pressure? You have a hundred percent thrive under pressure, baby. I do. I I seek it out. I mean, I seek it out. I mean, like uh, I was telling Brock earlier, I mean, one of the main reasons also that I started my own practice was because I wanted to chase professional golf a little bit and play in mini tours around Southern California. And I wanted to find a way to uh, make some money and be able to go play in tournaments. And, but I quickly got hurt, injured an old shoulder, injured wrist. And, but so I was able to put my effort into my practice, which has been great, but I still missed competing. I missed the pressure. And so I would go play open mics. I don't know if I've ever actually told you this. No. You know I play the guitar? Yeah. I would go play open mics just Dude. because I wanted the performance, uh, that energy, that nerves, that anxiety, wow. the being like, hey, you're up, and just the tightness. I love that stuff. Yeah. Dude. I, I, so it's like I love sports, I love, but I really love competing and I love performance. And that's really, you know, so I do watch a lot of sports, but I like playing sports because I like the performance. I like the competition. So, you know, when that got taken away from me, I would find ways to put myself in that situation. Dude, I completely love that about you too. <laughs> like you're, mm. you definitely seek out 
you know, getting out of your comfort zone yeah. and like being in that environment where growth is inevitable if right. you can get yeah. there. And I've found that with golf as well. Obviously, you're a way better golfer than I am. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, but, and you hit the crap out of the ball for the record. <laughs> um, but like, that's why I still play in golf tournaments too. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. a lot of member guests and, and foundation tournaments. Like I just played in our, you know, Discovery Land Company Foundation yeah. tournament the other uh, week. And, you know, just getting that feeling of like being with the boys or ladies, whoever's playing, yeah. like being with the crew, I'll say, out on the golf course and like fresh air. Mm-hmm. competitive spirit. Yeah. Um, and golf is so much about a battle with yourself. Yeah. And it's like only you can make yourself play better. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you can get tips, you can get, you know, whatever, but if your mental game is not on, then you're not going to do yeah. well. Yeah. Well, it's a study. I mean, and you know, it's, it's like that in life too. Right. I mean, but it's hold on loosely. Mm. right hold on loosely but don't let go isn't that that's the song but it's like those are per, it's so true i mean for any performer i mean you know I, I played baseball in college and a little bit after and then i coached also so i, I coached uh i've coached alongside a guy named dimitri young who played 13 years in the bigs he's from camarillo guy's awesome man he was telling me stories about hitting in the cage with miguel cabrera and you know hall of famers and this guy and just the way that he would talk about the game and how he it was so loose and i couldn't understand it I was like, you know, I, I was just, I was the guy playing baseball that was squeezing the sawdust out of the bat. And you could see my forearms popping. And I was like, this is how I'm going to get better today. Like, mm. and he was just so loose, you know, having a good time, like made a mistake. No problem. I'm sure like if you played with golfers, great golfers, you told me about Tommy Armour. Hits oh, a yeah. bad shot, laughs it off. Yeah. It's like that kind of mentality or, you know, an actor yeah. makes a mistake. Hey, next cut. No worries. Like we got this. Yeah. And I've tried to really embody that spirit now i mean i've always tried to be fun loving and i do believe life is fun but you know i would take myself too seriously and i would try almost too hard and i think there's certainly effort less you know try Mm. try less it's not necessarily care it's not careless don't be careless but effortless you know hold on loosely let it go play i think a perfect example of that in basketball Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Yeah. Like Clay once scored like, I think it was like 60 points and he only dribbled like once or something wow. like crazy. Something like that, where it's just like, okay, ball, shoot, ball, yeah. shoot. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've talked about Steph before too, where it's like, I mean, the guy doesn't even look like he's sprinting. Yeah. Right. He just kind of, okay, back, back. And like, he'll get knocked over on a screen, just get right back up. And like, those two guys, I feel like embody that so well. And, and it, you know, definitely kind of rubs off on the rest of the team, which is why they've been so successful and, yeah. you know, all that. But I've also on like more of a day-to-day basis have learned that from uh, being around you on the golf course too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, you gotta, you gotta have fun in whatever you're doing, right? Otherwise kind of what's the point is the way that I feel about it. And I think if you put out that energy of being a good, positive person, then I think you're ideally going to get that back, or at least you're going to find out what the other person has given you. And I, I also think that self-talk is a big part. It's a big part of golf, but I think it's a big part of golf, about life too. And, Absolutely. you know, we were talking about, I mean, some of, yeah. you know, some of the things that like everyone, life peaks and valleys for sure. But if you can be consistent in your self-talk, uh, you know, I mean, I tell people this also, and it's kind of similar, but 
So when I work with a lot of entrepreneurs or creatives, people starting a business, let's just say early stage from the genesis of an, of the idea to like, let's actually, let's execute. Cause as you guys know, the idea is 5% of it. If that yeah. 95% of it is execution. But I tell people when they're starting a business, I'm like, look, it's just you right now. That's really hard. That's a lot of pressure, but I need you to, to split yourself off, split yourself and look at this like this. If you were hiring a CEO to run your company that you're starting, what do you expect of them? When would you want them to show up? How would you want them to present themselves? Mm. Would you want them to be prepared for meetings? How would you want them to sound in emails? Things like that. Those expectations that you have of that hypothetical CEO are what you need to have of yourself. That's great. Yeah, that's you know. Advice. And so if you're going to have that CEO, are you going to disparage them? Are you going to beat them down when they make mistakes? No, you're going to, I mean, probably not. I wouldn't at least because you want them to do a good job for you. No, you're going to be supportive. You're going to say, hey, look, you made a mistake, but we're going to do better next time. So why don't you talk to yourself like that? Yeah. Do you feel that people receive that well when you, when you mention that to them or does it, no. it kind of hit you? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Some people hold some, myself accountable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people do. Some people, it resonates with the people. I'll put it this way. The, the people that does resonate with boom, mm. immediately they understand that. Wow. And then I'd say that's maybe a third of people with that. The other people, some, you know, it's, it's hard for them to understand. It's, I mean, it's just, you know, it's as simple as like, you know, you start a business and you make a new bank account. Don't commingle your funds. Yeah. Don't commingle your thoughts like that. And and yeah, so it's hard for some people to hear. I think I think a lot of times too. I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure our education system or pe- so many people are raised like that to really be positive towards themselves. To have good self-talk. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at, you know, the media and and just people in general, it's easy to gravitate towards uh, whatever's happening around you. You know, mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, in a fairly low income family and, you know, our problems kind of just kept gravitating. And I feel right. like it's not only sometimes is it generational, but it's, you know, you become who you are around. You kind of you yeah, mentioned yeah. who you are, you know, you're fi- it sounds cliche, but it's when you hear uh, people say you are, show me your network and I'll show you your net worth, you know, or, uh, or yeah, you yeah. are your five closest friends. You keep, show me them and I'll show you where yeah. you're going or who you are, you know, and, and, it sounds cliche, but the more you think about it and realizing that we're habitual creatures, it's very right. easy to adopt someone's, you know, mentality because you're surrounded by it 24-7. Yeah. So if you're told, you know, oh, that's impossible. We were talking about it in the kitchen earlier about being a pilot, you know, like yeah. Tom Cruise and, and, and Top Gun and all that stuff. But even just being a pilot in general, that was what I wanted to do when I was a little kid. I didn't mention really? that. Yeah, I, oh, that's I, I, cool. That was one My of the My brother, things. same thing. Really? Yeah, he's not a pilot, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, well, exactly, me neither. <laughs> Well, it, we were saying he, you're not yeah. going to fit in the cockpit, bud. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But that was what I was told immediately as a little kid, right. and so when I was told that, I'm like, "Well, that, there goes that dream." Yeah, now what, you yeah. know. And instead of it being encouraging, and then me getting to that point and deciding the factor, who knows? Maybe I would have. True. It, it could be the person that says, "No, either screw that, I'm going to do it anyways," or if they were encouraged, maybe they design bigger plane cockpits. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, so yeah. Totally. there's no limit to it as far as you know the mentality and the people surround yourself, and it's very important to surround yourself with good people that are positive thinking. Even yeah. if you know you have a bad day, your friend can lift you up, right? Yeah. And, and vice versa. And in business, it's the same, you know. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. To- it totally is the same. And and I think so. You know, kind of circling back to me starting my own practice, and then in a way being a business coach for a lot of people is, you know, I have my own problems too. 
you know, oh, challenges. Running a business is freaking hard. You guys yeah. know. There's, I mean, there's a lot more that goes into running a business than uh, selling a product or making a product. There's just so many different parts of it. And But I have to listen to the things that I'm saying to people. And, and I try to always, you know, it starts with positive self-talk, 100%. And that, from the golf course, my experience, same thing. Athletes that I've worked with, you know, when I was coaching or even when I was scouting. When I was scouting for the Yankees, uh, you know, we're looking for amateur talent for the draft every year. So that's basically 16 to 22-year-olds, high school, junior college, and college players. And, yeah, you want to see if they can, what their physical skill set is, what their tools are. Absolutely. Good arm. Can they run? Can they hit for power? Can they hit for average? Things like that. But at the end of the day, if you're if a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or any, is going to give a kid a million dollars, they got to know that kid. They got to know his parents. They got to right. know what he's like in school. They want to meet his uh, his partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, who, whoever that is. Like they want to know who this kid is, and a lot of that comes down to how how do they communicate to themselves. So when so when I'm sitting there and I'm four hours into watching the game and Brock just struck out, I'm not watching the rest of the game. I'm watching Brock walk back to the dugout. I'm watching how he interacts with his players, with his coach. Does he slam his helmet? Does he pout? Does he get his glove and say, all right, let's go. I got to play D. Like, I'm going to be the best for my team now. And so I learned those lessons when I was, you know, mid-20s working with scouts who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s. We've been doing it forever. And I was like, light bulb went off. I was like, these guys have been in this career their whole lives for decades. And they will always be in this career till the day they die. And that's what they're looking for in peak performance. Why don't I take that and embody that and use that for my own performance for my own life. And that was just a huge light bulb for me. And that, I think that's a really helped me figure out how I'm going to lead my life yeah. and then how, how to help people too. I think one of the great, I love that. yeah. Well, I think one of the greatest examples I can think of right now about with that is Tom Brady, you know, yeah, I, I, it's absolutely his mentality, right. And his work ethic and being able to yeah. show up and, it reminds me when I was a uh, I, I transferred high schools a lot of nine times, uh-huh. so I, I would be on a sports team. I, I remember I played football. Maybe my sophomore year, I, I joined the team, but I, that's that's the year I tr- transferred three different schools, Man. so didn't get to stay on long. But I remember being there and just having a rough life uh, and not really knowing myself that well and yeah. dealing with you know depression stuff like that. I remember being on the team, and the coach would never put me in. You know, and it was just like, I was, I knew I was a physical, like I was a freak, you know, and uh, I was, I was tall. I was athletic. I was super fast, uh, able to play really well, but the the coaches just would never put me in. I couldn't figure it out until I remember we had a combo before I left and it was literally, it was about mentality. It was Mm. about the mindset. He's like, I want somebody who I don't care if they're the best athlete or not. I want someone who has the mindset that I'm going to give everything I have, no matter what it is. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the work, you know? Yeah. And that's when it flipped for me. I'm like, I realized one, how I was acting, uh, obviously didn't have much gumption for life at the time, yeah, you know, so yeah. who cares about the game? Uh, but, but when I learned that, I'm like, I'm, I want to show up like that from now on. I want to, when a company works with me or, uh, I'm on a production or I'm playing even just, you know, leisurely sports with friends, yeah. whatever it is, I'm going to give it everything I've got, uh, regardless, and then walk away. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Knowing I, I did my best. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny you bring that up, Brock, because so we worked on a film together. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Resort. First film I ever worked on, I believe the first film will you, not the first film you worked on, but first film produce. you, you produced. First film and, I ever shot in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> and I, one of the f- things Will told me when he came, when he got back from Hawaii, actually he might've still been in Hawaii, was about you on set and about how he was a leader. Yeah. Right? Oh shit. But, <laughs> but how good of a leader he was. The truth right? comes out. Yeah. And yeah. how good of like, he was positive. He was helping people. He was doing his work. He was taking care of his work. You know, he was, he was getting his blocking assignment for sure, but he was helping people. He was supporting people. And like, that's huge. So it's, you know, it's yeah. not just sports. It's in life and particularly in film and entertainment where it's about a team. I yeah. Mean, and, and I found that too in film and TV. It's like one, it's your, one of your best friends comes to you with a project that he's passionate about that he wants to shoot. And I was like, before I even read the script, I remember we were talking about this the other day, actually, me and Will, that I didn't even read it. And I just knew, I was like, dude, we're a week out. I'm in. You, you need help? <laughs> yeah. I got you, bro. Yeah, I just yeah. rem- I remember that. And then we, we went out that night and actually met the other uh, actor, Michael Vlamis. Okay. Uh, one of the other actors. And um, he was great. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And, yeah, and he, he's such an awesome dude too. And I remember being there. And some films, some projects, obviously, you know, I've, I've been on bigger sets uh, in the sense of like network shows and, and big streaming services and stuff like that. And so you have less input that you can give, but sometimes still input. And sure, sure. sometimes your input is just a positive attitude and showing up on time. Yeah. And, you know, and that makes the cog in the machine work better, I yeah. guess. Versus other times, like I just shot this film with a mutual friend of ours as well, uh, Garrett Patton, and he directed, it was his directorial debut, and he's financing the whole project. And That's just stressful. About, 
Very stressful. Yeah, that's scary. And what happened was because of my efforts in, in the collaborative sense of I had more say in, in story and the script, you know, that we can kind of change stuff to make the story better. Um, I, beca- I went from just being the actor to now I'm a producer on the film, mm-hmm. right? Because of how much value I wanted to add. And that's how I feel too. It's whatever it is in life, I want to add as much value as I can. Yeah. Regardless. And I, totally. I believe no matter what happens in this moment or wherever you get out of it, it's not to seek what you're getting. It's what you can give. I and do. then it comes back around. I love that. Yeah. My dad's always said, these would be additive. That's great. Just be additive. Be additive. You want like to be that. admired and be additive. Yeah. Uh, it's just always stuck with me. And that's, yeah. I mean, and you know, and it's hard too. I mean, as an attorney, I mean, attorneys in general don't have necessarily the, the greatest reputation, which is fair. You know, there's a, there's bad apples in every industry. But in, in attorneys being, you know, there is the opportunity to make mistakes, take advantage yeah. of people for sure. But it's, you know, in attorneys in a lot of deals too, this is uh, not to say anything bad about attorneys, but sometimes attorneys get in the way of deals. Mm. They slow things down big time, you know, get stuck in the weeds, you know, I've been there. Yeah. You know how that goes. And like, and not so, with you, well, hopefully not, yeah. which has been great. Yeah. But. but you know, I mean, my, my feeling is in that specific instance is like, look, we need to move this deal along. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the position because I'm the attorney. I'm not the one that's going to stop here, slow things down. We're going to make sure things are taken care of. We're going to make sure we dot the I's, cross the T's, protect your liability. But look for us to slow this down and life moves fast business Move slow, but it it should move fast. And it's like, I don't want to get in the way. I want to be additive. I want to have value add, you know, because a lot of times, you know, and you talk to attorneys like, oh, slow down. Or why would I want to do producers or businesses? Why would I want to deal with the attorney? They're just going to mess things up or t- they're expensive. They're going to cost a lot, which is, is can be true. But for me, in, in my professional sense, it's like, well, I want to be additive. I want to move things along. I want to make things better. I want to make the relationship better. Because how many times do deals ruin relationships? So I have a yeah. really good oh, question yeah. about this. While we have you here, yeah. <laughs> while yeah, you're uh-oh. at the table, let's get some <laughs> legal advice for the audience. Um, when what's like a what's the best balance of like I need to protect my client, but we need to move the deal along? Because I've been in tons of contract negotiations for film or life yeah. or whatever, where it's like you got to move it along, but you also can't sacrifice everything just to like give the other side what they want. And totally, totally. No, I totally understand that. I would say the, uh, starting off in any negotiation, I think there's two things you, there's two things I want to know. So I would say there's two things anyone wants to know is you want to know at what point do you get up from the table and leave? And then at what point do they get up from the table and leave? So that comes down to motivations. So you want to, I going into a deal. I want to, I tell this when I'm getting introduced to a deal to help work on it is look, I want more. Tell me as much as you can context person, how you know this person, what the deal is about everything. Cause I want the broadest picture. I want to know everything so I can understand your motivations so that then I know when we're going to get up and leave. But then I also want to try to role play on the other side and understand the other party's motivations so that then we can negotiate against them or with them, not necessarily against them, but with them and be cooperative. But as for when is it time to kind of, I would say you got to figure out what your non-negotiables are. Right. So let's, you know, let's say we're doing a film and it's like, look, I'm not going to let them own my IP. Let's say, for instance, but we can negotiate payment terms. Uh, we can, we can negotiate 
the accounting clause. We can negotiate indemnity, maybe liability, stuff like that. But I'm not going to let them own my IP. Right. So when, you know, when a deal's mired in muck and it's not going anywhere and the relationship is getting a little iffy and, you know, all the things happen. You go to dinner, someone's talking about it. You're like, God, this is not <laughs> what we wanted to happen. Right. You stick with your non-negotiable. Look, I understand you're not getting my IP, but if, you know, indemnity, liability, this other, the payment terms, if those are the problem, let's, fine. We'll, we'll move off of those. That's okay. Because that's important to you. Those are your motivations, right? That's the other person's non-negotiable. So it's determine your non-negotiables, which it shouldn't be everything. But determine your non-negotiables when you're going to get up from the table and leave. And then from there, contracts are about relationships. Business is relationships. Yeah. And I think people overcomplicate them. I think attorneys overcomplicate them. But I think it's it's scary, you know. It's but uh, contracts are just relationships, and if you can manage the relationship well, and then have very simple, not too legalese type of language, then it's then it works out. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing non negotiable. So that's what I would go. You got and it, you know it comes down to motivations. Like I said, like why why is this person sitting across the table from me right now? Right. You know, are they trying to get something else from me? Right. That's not involved in the four corners of this document. And you see that honestly a lot in uh bills in Congress. Yeah. It's yeah. like oh we, you definitely do. We call it this, but you know, let's talk about uh low income housing maybe a little bit right here. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. No, dude, you're totally right. I mean I mean how many times is you know there's there's so much pretext for bills. There's so much pretext for contracts even sometimes. I mean I'm sure both of you guys have been presented contracts where you're like what 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 the yeah. heck? what is this doing yeah, here? Like, like whoa, this got intense really fast. Absolutely, yeah. And so, but that's to me, and I tell clients this too. I'm very open with them. I'm like, look, this is uh this is your business. This is your life, your your creative pursuit. This is whatever it is. I'm not going to step in between you and this deal and you and your business because I'm the guy. I'm the attorney here. It's no, no, no. If you want me to come in and be on that email, if you want me to send the email, absolutely. You want me to make that call? Absolutely. But I don't want you to bring a gun to a knife fight, which is generally an attorney can be sometimes, right? Well, talk to my attorney. All of a sudden that escalates things a little bit. It can at least. So I always try to take the client's lead. I'm always like, look, I'm here when you need me. I'll be in the background. You can BCC me if you want. You can CC me if you want. But if you want me to send the email you want me to be offensive in this relationship, I'm going to follow you. You let me know. I'm, but I'm not here, you know, I'm not here to quarterback this. And I think that's, it's kind of nice, frankly. I mean, that's, I think for me, and that's why I don't do, I don't do any litigation. Um, it's all transactional work is I like litigation is adversarial, right? One person wins, one person loses. That's just the nature of court of the court. Generally. Uh, I've done some, done some litigation, but it, it just wasn't for me because I really like the, the cooperative deal-making, you know, and being a part of adding value, growing something. And I also get my, we were talking about it earlier, competitive juices, performance, that world. I mean, you go into a courtroom, oh yeah. Like, you know, you talk about the the anxiety, the stress, the, you get pumped up going into court sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got a freaking judge right there, right? You got millions of dollars online. You got someone going to jail potentially, like you got to be pumped up. This is this is big stuff. I I get that energy from being in the California State Open, you know, from putting a, some money on the line in a in a golf game, uh, from being 
playing, uh, going and playing some music in front of people. That's where I get that, yeah. that energy from. So when in my business, Healthier, sense, uh, I, I like to think yeah, so, yeah, but that's yeah. how I like to express myself. That's how I like to get that energy out. So when I'm in my, in a business sense, I'm a little bit more laid back and kind of like, Hey, how are we going to get this done? It's all right. Hey, you're coming to me with this big problem. I understand it's a dumpster fire, but let's put a little bit of water on it. Like we're going to handle it. Doesn't have to be today. It could yeah. be next week, but like we're going to handle this. Well, that means you know yourself well enough to understand unnecessary stresses and where you want them in your life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I like to think I do. I try to. Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, I feel like I'm a bit of an empath sometimes because clients come in, and you know, clients. When you're going to an attorney, generally, you have something that you want done right. For sure, yeah. And it's some. A lot of times, it's a pr- a problem. But even if it's not a problem, it's a project that you're really proud of, and you have an anxiety around it. So you know, working. I just I recently worked on a, an indie film. Was first time producers. They never worked on it. They were just out of college. They had kind of one adult in the room, so to speak, producer. But it was a, a team of all first time film producers, and <laughs> that might be the last time I work with first time producers, honestly. Because the anxiety around timing of things, right? I mean, you guys remember it. Oh, yeah. Like the time you worked <laughs> with me as a first time producer. Yeah. And like, but remember the anxieties you felt when EO insurance didn't come through or when someone didn't sign a contract. It's like, yeah, oh no, but, why didn't we need it this yesterday? Why don't we have it? You could call, is this going to be okay? Like, what about this? And but you I, helped I, quell all that because you I've, figured out all that stuff that we needed the EO insurance sure. and the copyrights and the chain of, yeah. uh, yeah. chain of title. And like that was stuff I don't learn as a PA on set at Warner Brothers. Yeah, right? it's true. Like, yeah. No, that's that's producer stuff. Yeah, that's that's producer stuff. But uh, you know, but for me, to your point of like, like learning myself, I I've learned very recently. You know, I've been have my business for seven years now, and which is crazy to think about. Uh, but I've learned recently that I do feel my clients' energy. And sometimes it can be hard when it almost, you almost feel schizophrenic in a way where it's like one call person is freaking out, putting out the fire, handle the problem, get off the phone. Next call is, Hey, so good. Congratulations. What a cool project. Can't wait to work with you. So proud of you. This is going to be great. Exciting. Next call, intense problem. How do we figure this out? Next call, someone's mad at you. Like it just changes so quickly. Yeah. And so like, I need to be protective of myself. Otherwise I'm not going to be the best counsel. What are uh, some ways that you do that? You protect yourself. Well, my wife will tell you, I don't do it as well as I should get up and take walks. Yeah. Get out, get out in front of the screen, Mm. you know, try to every hour, at least try to get up and take a walk. I'm, I've recently moved into a, into an office with, with other professionals all over. Not there's, there's another attorney. There is another attorney there, but there's creatives, there's event planners. There's all and just speaking with other people definitely helps because I, I think we realize that we can get in our own minds really quick and it starts to spiral. Like our problem is the biggest thing. Our world is, it's like, there's a lot of problems out there. Yeah. Everyone is dealing with their own stuff. And it's almost for me been therapeutic when I talk to someone else in my office about how their day's going. Cause then I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like this is just, this is just another day. It's just Tuesday. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's very easy to have almost a linear view on what you're seeing and yeah. what you're dealing with. But that's one thing that, that, you know, I'm not always the best with either as, as well, but something I've always found that helps is if you're able to zoom out Yeah. 
And even to look at like, imagine being, I don't know, Superman or something. You fly up into space and you're looking down at the world and you're like, wow, this is a lot bigger. And all of a sudden I can't even see myself on the map. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even resonate, you know? Yeah. And there's so many other options out there that, that, you know, could deter me from even thinking about what's going on in my life. And there's so many other things going on and, and so many grander macro things that yeah. are also, we need to think about and worry about and whatever, or not worry about, you know? So it's just a matter of, you know, perspective really. And, and exactly. That's why I ask because I was, I'm always fascinated by what people do or, yeah. or how they cope or, you know, healthy habits that they can do. I mean, from a habit, a uh, breath, I try to, and yeah. I try to work a lot on breath. Uh, I think that's really important. I've seen, I mean, I have a necklace that's basically a breathing tube and to learn how to control my breath. And I've learned, I learned from playing sports, again, the particular scouting and then understanding what, like what old scouts would say. I mean, guy, you know, the kind of guys that were like, this guy's going to make it because it sounds good off his bat, not because his numbers are good. Kind of that old school eye test type guy. And a, a, a few of those guys would and it sounded it sounded absolutely bonkers to me at the time, and it still kind of does in a way. But I, I'm starting to understand it. They would, they could see if the guy was chest breathing or belly breathing, uh. particularly pitchers uh, when they're on the bump and something bad just happened. They could see how they were breathing, and they could predict what was going to happen. Oh, this guy's chest breathing. He's going to get tight. He's going to lose his velo in the third or fourth inning. They're going to pull him. And he's going to be upset and not handle it well. Wow. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> this guy's the stud. You know, he's the number one at UCLA. Boom, that would happen. Kid comes in, doesn't look very good. Stuff's not very good. Be- belly breathing, confident, posture's good. Uh, breathing slow, controlling, handling these things. You're like, this guy's going to go the distance. He's still going to have his fastball in the, in the second half of the game. And so long as he doesn't, you know, leave his curveball up, he's going to be okay. Sure enough, that's what would happen. Wow. And it was unbelievable. And now I learn more about breath and how important it is. And I mean, look, you can go, what is it? You can go about two to three weeks without eating. You can go, what, about a four to maybe, I think it's around four days without drinking water. You can go, what, five minutes without breathing? Yeah. Right. You know, 10 minutes if you're David Blaine. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so it's really important. And I think I'm, I'm trying to learn more about it. And as a, from a coping mechanism and helping handle my anxiety, Especially we're in front of a screen all the time. Yeah. A lot of people being able to get away from that. Yeah. I know it's a big craze right now. Um, and I've had an ice bath for you know years. Mm. But that's something that if you want to learn how important breath oh, is, yeah. jump in freezing cold water. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because our natural reaction is to like fight it to freak out, yeah. to, you know, have short, shortened breath and, and to not know. But that's the whole point of what, why it helps so much, not only with you know physical attributes yeah. like inflammation and, and whatever else, positive things. But it gives you focus. It's it also helps with the mental aspect of you know helps with your anxiety and stress yeah. and its control and it's yeah. th- that breathing of just like look, I've, you're, how hard it's your is your nervous that? system? How it's hard changing. is that? It's like, when you're in the middle of that like uh, stress spiral, exactly, or a problem happens, or in the middle of a golf game or sport or word crisis, 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 and you're like, dude, slow down. Take a deep breath. No, yeah. shut up. No, don't tell me what to do. This is a problem. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get out of that, I think. It's, yeah. hard. it's it's You're so inundated with it. And it's also our way that some of our nervous systems react to it. That it's, it's, it takes a lot of effort to step out of that or to get yourself to get in a calm down state yeah. to actually get to the point where like, look, I can, I, if just breathing, if you did a couple. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, did well, I imagine, I imagine, you know, if I'm, I'm, I'm Brock O'Hearn and I'm on set and this is a big movie, I'm, I'm proud to be on this set, but I still need to, I need to perform. Movie's not made. Oh yeah. You know, I need to perform. And the person across from me is totally causing a problem. I can't work with them. It's how do I work with this person? Like that's a perfect scenario. It's like, dude, you need to step out and you need to take some bre- some breaths, Brock, because like you yeah. need to perform well. You can't let this out external influence yeah. affect your performance, and you need to be one that's calm, that's present, that slows things down. And- BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Well, one of the biggest things, especially if you're a, you know, let's let's speak about it from the acting perspective like you're yeah. saying um if you come in as a lead actor it's also your job to be a leader on set yeah to be kind to go above yeah. and beyond to make sure everyone's happy to make sure everyone that, shows up on time you that's know? a really that's a really good point that probably gets overlooked a lot in the term lead actor most people just I think, think so, it's yeah. lead billing it's yeah not, well, it's mean, not just it is lead sometimes billing. it is, that. It yeah, is yeah. Cr- lead credit lead billing yeah. but it's there's more to it yeah exactly but you set the tone you know right. and, and and i think that it doesn't matter producers what, set tones too by the way Absolutely. Of course. It, it goes Absolutely. both ways, but it's, it's kind of for like different areas of the set. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what my next point was going to be is it's not necessarily that it's just the lead actor or the director or the producer or whoever it's anybody can be that a mm-hmm. PA can be that they can change. Cause you know, some, some one person's energy yeah. can change the entire 
you know, set the entire experience that you have. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be just one singular person, right? But those kind of uh, moments where you step up and you realize like, well, who am I or who am I going to be today? Yeah. We all have bad days. We all have stuff going on. But, you know, maybe that PA that starts off and he's the one who's getting everyone in a good mood, cheering them up, making them laugh, getting everyone coffee on time, yeah. like think, thinking predictively ahead of what other people might need. Well, crap, that guy might be the EP of the, the film five years from now, two years from yeah, now, and his entire real. career could change. You know, look, Will started off as a PA, right? Now he's a you know, has his own production company. And yeah. It's one of the coolest things to see that growth period of just like, that's what a leader yeah. does, you know? End of the day, it's a group of people, right? And we're social beings and we're it's a group of people under a lot of stress. Yeah. So I agree with Brock completely. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. It's still a group of people in, in one location for over three months. And like, it could, it could really be anyone on any given day yeah. because end of the day, we're, we're tribalistic animals. Yeah. yeah and it's like, about people. Yeah. That's, and that's something that I've found for myself that it, as an attorney, you spend a lot of time looking at a screen, paper, writing, drafting. And I, I think sometimes you a little bit lose, you may lose your bedside manner a bit, mm. but you know, I didn't, I didn't come from always wanting to be an attorney. I came from sports business background and so then becoming an attorney, I try to approach it like that. Like, look, at the end of the day, like you said, it's about people. And so I want to communicate with people. So if we have a problem in something I'm working on, I'm going to pick up the freaking phone. Let's talk on the phone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to text you or email. You know, stuff gets lost in emails. It's so hard. Oh, yeah. to, and tone gets misread if there even is yeah. a tone or misrepresented. It's like, let's pick up the phone. Let's talk on the phone. Let's figure this out. Nine times out of 10, in what could have been five, a, a week of emailing could have been taken care of in a 15-minute phone call. 100%. Yeah. Well, that's even, I mean, even phone calls, too, it goes even another step of body language in yeah. person, right? So there's that those varying degrees of communication. And, and I've seen it all the time in my own life and, and you know throughout my life is the miscommunication through text and email, <laughs> without a doubt, but sp- particularly text. Yeah, know? yeah. It's like my intention was not this, it, yeah. it, it, it was that, and and it's received. And there's like Key and Peele skits about that, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Where it's just total polar opposites. And just to touch back on, on what we were just talking about too, you know, you were saying sometimes, you know, if you're working across somebody in there, you know, it could be a little hectic and you got to pull back and everything. Yeah. Also, I found that, you know, whether you're coming in newer into a space and you see like somebody else better or, or that's great there, right. either they're doing an amazing job and it can make you feel self-confident yeah. or stressful, or they do the opposite where, well, they messed up their lines today. You yeah, know? And yeah. it's like, we all make mistakes. We're all yeah. human. It doesn't matter what scale it is. I guarantee there's times, I mean, it's probably pretty rare, but like Tom Cruise is on set and he yeah. flops a word or a line or yeah. something happens. I'm pretty sure it's probably pretty rare, Yeah, but <laughs> there's no way he got to where he was without mistakes, without failure. And yeah. it's about exactly what we've been talking about, almost the premise of this entire conversation. I love that. No, that, that, how absolutely. you show up. Yeah, how you yeah. show up. Yeah, and I and, one, and to circle that into self-talk too, is like I think something that's important for people is, I think failure is, is, is a great teacher. And I think failure, I think we want to learn how to fail without feeling like a failure. Yeah. You know? So for me, for instance, I'll give you an example. When... I first wanted to start playing tournament golf and compete because I just wanted to go compete. I love the game. I wanted something, uh, an outlet to compete, to perform. Uh, I would I would show up to tournaments and I wouldn't even warm up. I would just walk up to the first tee. Wow. And I, and, and I would say, I'm, I'm going to fail today and I'm going to learn a lot. 
I'm going to learn so, and I would take notes. I would always take notes. And then I would, at the end of the, at the end of the round, I would sit in my car and I would take notes and I always take notes. So I'm going to, two things. One, I'm going to fail and I'm going to learn a lot. Or two, I'm going to succeed because I got game. And I just proved to myself that I got game. Mm. That's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Great movie also. Yeah. Great he movie. got game. He got game. Exactly. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, so I would intentionally put myself in positions and this was all early in the golf career, so to speak, to learn how to, to expedite growth. Mm. That was my mindset. How can I quickly grow? Cause I haven't been at these tournaments my whole life. I'm just jumping into it. So I'm just going to show up. I'm going to fail so I can learn quicker and I'm going to yeah. take notes and, you know, definitely learn. I think that's important. You, I know you take a lot of notes and then, but if I don't fail and it goes well, I got some game. Yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. Like, okay, let's take that. That's positive. Let's take notes on that too. Yeah, I mean, I'm already racking my brain around, you know, uh, I haven't played golf as much, but what that would do for, for even for someone like me. Yeah. If I'm going in not warming up and I'm hitting it off the tee and whether I, I do well or not without the warm up, I would learn one, I probably need to warm up for 10, 15, right. 20 minutes, 30 right. minutes, whatever it is. What does that do to me mentally? What does that do yeah. to me physically? How am I, uh, how much is difference is my performance throughout the day? You know, yeah. like, and I think that, you know, because exact golf is definitely one of those sports too, exactly where, you know, you could, take that one bad shot that went crazy and carry that the rest of the, you know, yeah, 18 yeah, or, yeah. or you let it fly and it's, you know, whatever, yeah. we'll drop another one. We're going to start right back over at square one. So and, short memories, man. It's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's just, that's definitely apparent in golf. It's definitely, I mean, it's, you know, I've I have professional experience in baseball and so the, the best, best hitters, best pitchers I worked with guys, I guys, we drafted guys, I coached short memories. You know, short memories. I mean, they they would always they would have a data database, so to speak, of the good things, of the great things that happened. This was the best fastball I threw. This was the best five iron I've ever hit. So every time you come up to that shot, they'd pull that out and use that and think of that and be like, all right, good, I got this shot. I can do this. It's same, but same thing. But the people that would have, and this is something that ailed me when I was playing baseball in college and a little bit after was, you know, I would I would think about man that. That was a bad first at bat, you know? Like, why am I swinging that slider? Boom, strike one. Oh, man. Oh, now I'm behind in the count. Boom, strike two. Oh, man. What am I going to do? It's like, dude, be present. Let that go. That yeah. was that doesn't affect you right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's acting, business. It like, shit, man. You make a bad business decision on Monday morning doesn't mean you're going to make a bad one Monday afternoon. You know, it's really good at that. It, so... Growing up with Wolfie, shout yeah. out Justin Wolf, he always had this like almost artificial confidence <laughs> where it's like, I know what you mean. no matter what we're doing, a sport, a yeah. video game, we're talking about like earlier in life as well as like kids and high school. So like anything we were doing, he'd always just recreate or just create out of thin air yeah. this confidence. And it, it was definitely like overconfidence at some point, <laughs> but it's like, me is kind of growing up as like a shy kid and like figuring myself out. And then, you know, high school is yeah. crazy, but like you kind of needed that yeah. art. Sometimes it takes that artificial confidence, which really reminds me of what you're saying of like, I slider goes by strike one. I'm going to hit the shit out of this ball right now. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's sometimes you got to overdo it. And it, maybe you only feel half confident on, I'm going to hit the crap out of it right yeah. now. But as, even that half can be enough to get you on the other side of not being negative or fearful. Totally. Right. Well, and so much it ties into breath. It's amazing how much, but so much of like your, it's your body is smart. Our bodies are smart and they haven't evolved that much from 
you know, a couple hundred years ago, 10,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago. Like they haven't evolved that much. So when you tell yourself, from my understanding and like things I've heard, things I've read, my understanding, when you tell yourself, this is a problem, I'm not okay, your body responds to that. Posture doesn't get good. Your muscles get a little tight. Your blood doesn't flow as well. When you tell yourself, even if it's a lie, I'm okay. This is all good. We're all right. Your posture gets a little better. Your blood flows a little easier. Your heart slows down. And you're going to just naturally perform better. So you can almost trick yourself, and which is cool. It's crazy how obvious and tangible what you just said is. And people still like, don't believe it. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. like, I mean, you, I don't, we don't believe it sometimes, right? It's yeah, instant. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it like is. instant and you can feel it. And it's like physical health yeah. that you can change just thought patterns. Totally. Based off thought patterns. hundred percent. I think yeah. the best example of that in my life has been skateboarding. As funny as it sounds. Like, I love, I used to love skateboarding. Yeah. I still ride every once in a while. Oh, it's great. Just, I mean, I don't do it. I, but world, I, it's world so industry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. And yeah, but but growing up, you know, going to the skate park, skating bowls, yeah. like, you know, doing tricks over transitions, like trying to go over gaps, whatever it was. Amazing Even, craft. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's, and it's, um, you can use your imagination to the farthest you degree mm-hmm. and your physicality at the same time. But what I've always found was no matter what, if I didn't commit to knowing or believing that I was going to land this trick, <laughs> even for a split second. Yeah. You, you just a kickflip. Yeah. If you even think for a second, you fall. Yeah, yeah. There's a one in a freaking hundred, one in a thousand t- chance that you're going to land it from that time. But if you're committed to it, yeah, you're sticking it. You're landing totally. it. You're rolling away the majority of the time. And it's that mentality of like, okay, what is my personality? Do I believe I'm capable of this? Do I know yeah. I can do this? Am I going to put myself in the position to do it? Or am I going to stay where it's safe and what I, what I know, what I'm comfortable with? Uh, or am I just going to keep getting in my head and keep falling and hurting myself and doing whatever? It's like, and yeah. you, the, the physical pain that you get from not committing and oh, not, not stepping into that is, you know, you're hitting your head on the concrete, you know, you're breaking bones, you're doing so. It was a massive learning lesson as a young, uh, young kid and uh, a young adult as well. But um, it's that physical representation of, of believe it and it'll yeah. be, you know. I love skateboarding. I think, yeah, I, I got uh, the opportunity to be involved in, in a deal with Chad Muska. Oh, recently yeah. in the no last way. couple of years That's yeah awesome. the muska and i loved him growing up he's crazy story amazing there's amazing uh there's an amazing vice documentary on his life that i highly recommend but i asked him about that because he was known for doing crazy stuff yeah because he's crazy i think he was from arizona phoenix or something he was just he had a pretty rough background but i asked him at one point when we were walking out of the meeting we we're just kind of shooting the shit i was like Dude, you did you did some gnarly stuff. Like, how did you go down these like twelve stairs and like, and I know you didn't land them every time. I know they only showed you landing it, but I know you didn't land them every time. And he looked me at me and said, "I thought I could land it every time." Yep, every time. Yeah. Every time I rolled it, and he said he was also famous. And I learned this in that documentary. He was also famous for say he was trying to do a trick, trying to you know grind a grind a rail down a twelve stair. He would full speed go up to it and stop. Yeah. Full speed, go up to it and stop. He'd do this 10 times, 20 times. And people would be like, hey, what the heck are you doing? He says, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it. And if I, if I didn't believe that I was able to do it, why would I do it? So every time he did take air, he believed he was going to do it. 
Yeah. Nine times out of 10, I mean, he didn't, but. And it gives you that muscle memory of the approach. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that true. Very like, true. Yeah, prep- yeah. Which preparation, right? Preparation is a huge part of life. It's fully a feeling too. You know, like, yeah. you know, if like my foot was just a little bit off in the skateboard yeah. to this point, it's going to set my balance off. Like you can yeah. feel these things and it's, it's a feeling, you know, it's like, I'm sure it's the same thing hitting a baseball, man. Like, yeah. you know, when you're going to launch that thing. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I, I have some memories, the same thing in golf. I have some memories in tournaments, but there's some times when I played in a tournament recently where I, uh, it's actually our club championship and I beat the defending club champion and I was on the 17th hole and I put an iron to like 15 feet and I had a 15 foot putt to win walking up to that green. I, I'm, I'm going to make this putt. Yeah. I, I just know it. I don't know why. I don't know why I know, but I just know it. I'm, my breath is in control. I am ready to just bury this dude. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make this. I've, and I just just let it happen. Hold on loosely. Just let it happen. Don't get in the way, dude. You know, crazy similar sto- story when Tommy and I were playing Madison member guest first one ever. Okay, um, you alternate shot. We were in the playoff oh, with like seven other teams, <laughs> yeah. right? And I go first off the tee box. I kind of hook it to the left, and Tommy puts it right up. Uh, or no, I put it right up by a tree by the green. And Tommy makes this like miraculous chip from behind a tree uh-huh. downhill to like get it within 10, 15 feet to make a putt. So I got to make the putt. Yeah. <laughs> but thank God he was there to make that chip, right? Yeah. And then he's just like, dude, you're going to make it. Yeah. You're going to put it right here and you're going to make just it. Just do it. Just and like, uh, yeah. And yeah. obviously I'd like the benefit of a professional golfer yeah. of 30 years <laughs> telling helps. me how to do yeah. it. But like, that was the exact mindset that you're talking about. And like, thank God Tommy was there with me, but, and I drilled it. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't, I wish I'd known all these things like younger when I was, especially when I was playing baseball, maybe I'd still be playing. I mean, I have some memories where, you know, the, the zone, so to speak, and like things make sense, but I was just always in my head. Mm. You know, and I, I don't know if I didn't feel like I belonged there or if I was trying too hard, but like, I just got in the way. I got in the like in the way of myself, you know, instead of just like letting, just playing, just letting, just see what happens. Like I have one particular memory. My my dad, my parents were there, which was cool. But we were, I think we were playing Xavier out of Cincinnati, and I hit a double into right center with two outs in the ninth inning to tie the game, and then I scored to win the game. But I just remember the I remember the pitch coming in and it would it moved so slow. It moved so slow. And I can still it just still feels slow because that was an intense moment. You know, I mean it was down to one strike, game was gonna be over, it's an important game, parents are there, all this stuff. And I, but it was like that was one of the first times when I was like zone. Oh, boo, boom, that mm. was it. Okay, how do I do that again? Yeah. Like how do I get back into that? How do I like what buttons do I press? <laughs> I've had that with with street fights. Oh uh, yeah. Not that I've been in a lot or anything like that, but but there's been moments where I people have swung it. at me and I'm like, am I gonna catch this or am I gonna dodge it? Am yeah. I gonna catch this or am I gonna dodge it? Am I gonna no, I'm gonna dodge it. Okay. And then you move and you're like, did that just happen? That was slow-mo, dude. Have you seen uh the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. Yeah. When he like he yeah. thinks through the whole fight before it happens. Yeah. I love that. And that's like I that's one of that's a great representation, I think. Yeah. Of kind of what the zone of, of that right there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love those scenes too. Cause then he's do, like, yeah. he's like says every little thing he's going to do. And then he's going to incapacitate whatever. Like, and he does every movement. Yeah. And the guy's doing exactly what he said was going to happen. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like love that. I've always felt like people in a way are like Sherlock Holmes or, or you can break down people like Sherlock Holmes oh, does yeah. to a degree. You know what I mean? Where 
whether it's in a negotiation, whether mm-hmm. it's a friendship conversations, whatever it is, people have little minute, you know, the way we carry ourselves, the way we communicate, yeah. the things we say, there's all these things. So people have tells and I always say people will tell you everything without saying anything. You just got to listen, totally. you yeah. know? And it's always fascinating to kind of figure out people in that sense. You're like, oh, no, I know this. I've yeah. been around enough people in LA to know you're yeah, lying to me, buddy. for real. We're I, quite uh, a city for that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use that teacher. in uh, dating a lot. Well, there you go. Good, yeah. 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 What you are your intentions? Kind of, uh, yeah. I just well, want to have fun and get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, never going to call me again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me, I mean, like my experience scouting was like, man, crazy eye-opening in that regard. Yeah. Because, I mean, when do you sit and watch one person for four hours? Right. True. You know, like never. Really, even people in your life. Yeah, even people in your life, and like the things legally. You, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, the things you pick up about people. Yep. Man, it's unbelievable. Like, God, he chews a lot of gum. You know, there like, you he go. doesn't chew, and he, he he always spits it out and chews new. He just like the flavor or something. Yeah. And you're like, man, did he change his belt? <laughs> and but it's just like these yeah. things that you pick up because that's what you're, and you just to your point, body language, and what I learned from that, particularly being around, you know the professionals, the guys that have been doing it for decades. They taught me so much is now I take that into my life mm. now. And then I take that particularly into being an attorney and dealing with people is like, especially from an Italian talent evaluation standpoint is there's a lot of people, especially in LA that you meet that you're like, you're just, you're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. You're a super nice person. Very sweet. Like, but, yeah, unless there's like drastic changes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you're just, it's just not going to work out for you. Yeah. And I don't tell people that Ruthless. most of the time. But like, I, but I, I, I mean, I have that training. Yeah. You know, like I have that training. Like I would go home from scouting and I would write reports. I remember your scouting days, man. Yeah. You, you were all about it. You were going to UCLA. You're driving down SoCal. It's crazy. Like, no weekends, dude. I mean, it, it was, it was good experience, but you know, I mean like, you know, San Luis Obispo one day, San Diego the next and no weekends because you're going to when the kids are playing. No got, weekends, aka no time with Wilbur. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, but you know, you just learn to read people. And then being in Los Angeles, I think one of the thing crazy things about Los Angeles and probably same in New York, Chicago, London, Paris, these bigger cities yeah. is yes, absolutely good cities to be in to make it, quote unquote, whatever yeah. you want that to be. But there's a lot of failure. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Of, there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of failure. Yeah, and. and people come here and you know sometimes you know they can have i'm, I'm just thinking of justin but this is not in relation to him whatsoever but it's the overconfidence yes. you know, or even yeah. some yeah. people are, are cocky yeah so that the confidence can help you a lot or or if people are cocky where it's like i i've got this i'm the man i'm this you know i'm doing a movie with spielberg and then yeah. like you're like oh you don't know i got spielberg's number and i just called him and he doesn't know who the hell you are <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you know? real quickly on the justin yeah. thing because i think it's really funny you brought that back up because i kind of wanted to like put a bow on that it led to him being an incredible salesman. Yeah. yeah. He can pitch the hell out of an idea. Yeah. He's great in a boardroom. And like, I noticed that since kindergarten in him, you know what yeah, I mean? It's cool. And like, it's, it literally manifested into yeah. shape, right? It's amazing. Yeah. And it could have led to like, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it, it was a part of his personality where obviously he's not that confident in every single situation, yeah. but, but he can, he can make that happen. Yeah. So, and that's a major strength. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It that's is. Inc- and, but that's exactly what you're saying about the big cities too, is what I found in the, you know, eight, nine decade or however long I've been here now, um, 
there's so many people from so many walks of life from all over the world that come to the city mm-hmm. with different intentions, different goals, different mm-hmm. reasons of being here. Some people are, you know, looking for love. Some people are trying to get their movie career off the ground. Some people, you know, are just here because they're here, you know, like whatever yeah. it is. So you run into every version of somebody here. Yeah, yeah. And what I, you know, you can get all the bad stuff and you can get all the good stuff. It's whatever I think you're putting up with and what you're, how you show up in the world, what you allow in your life, you know, and it really comes down to, okay, well, this is who I was when I first got here and this is what I was allowed to have happen and this is who I was allowing in my life and now yeah. I'm going to change that to what I know it's supposed to be, what I want out of life, how I'm going to show up. I'm not going to be that other person that's not good in yeah. someone else's life. I'm not going to let someone else who's crappy come in my life because I've met the best people in my life. You know, yeah. I met Will, I met you, yeah. I met Morton here, You know, some of my closest friends in the world. Uh, but how here. easy would it have been for you to slip off fall off the cliff so easy but that yeah. was the great the, the greatest thing about that is coming here early when i was young like periodically before i even lived here and i would go to clubs and i with friends because you know they're promoters yeah. and they got free tables and i'm like why is that guy spending fifty thousand dollars at night and i'm like i, I get this yeah. same bottle for free dude is like that, what, what is that, going that on that watch doesn't even look real yeah <laughs> there's, there's a million factors but i would run into people there because i was going con man I, yeah. I would yeah i would do things enough like that to where the friends i started to garner in that space would say they were going to do things say they were going to you know create the production company say they're going to act yeah. this thing, say they were making this business and a year goes by nothing happened and then some of those same people i see years later are still doing the same thing i took me it took me a solid year as yeah. a young adult to be uh conscious enough to say this is not for me and i don't think any of these people are really going anywhere and the ones that are are here that have done stuff are just looking for an escape tonight you yeah. know or trying to have some fun you know stress relief. brock i gotta say man you're such an interesting dude i mean i know i know a little bit about your background and you shared a little bit of, and i know it was tough but i gotta i gotta say like the that background has made you what you are and yeah. like that's what really separates you from those la not LAP. I don't, uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. From those people that are stuck in a rut or, or not even stuck in a rut. They're just don't do, they don't do yeah. you do, you do stuff. I, I appreciate you know? saying like that, you yeah. do. That's I, amazing. I'm a dreamer, but at the same time, and I really appreciate you saying that, man. Thank you. Um, I'm a dreamer that, that at the, I've, I've seen at least for me, the lowest of lows. Yeah. I know what it's like to be at my rock bottom. I know what it's like to have nothing. And that's where I got to a point where it's, you know, I, especially as I move forward, stop trying to compare myself to anybody else. It's that I know what it's like to have nothing and I know what it's like to be a dreamer. So I'm willing to give everything, sacrifice everything to get to that dream because I'm not afraid to be at the bottom. I, I've, yeah, I, yeah. I have, th- I've lived and thrived at the bottom. I've been okay sleeping on the street. You know, I've mm-hmm. done all of these things where it's like, okay, What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to tell me no? Sick. I can make a thousand <laughs> different companies. I can go yeah. make my own production company. Yeah. I can make my own. The world is even bigger. You know, like you're here in Saudi Arabia wanting to put all this money into making their own Hollywood yeah. more than Hollywood even has. You know, it's like, well, what if I started, you know, the next whatever out there? Yeah. You know, what if I started? It's it, There's no limit to it. And I'm not, but I love Hollywood. I love the history of Hollywood. I love uh, that you're able to have so much reach and there's so much culture here and so many people that are yeah. working. It's, it's what there I'm are passionate be- about. There's a, there are beautiful people here. Yeah. They're real, they really and, are. And it's the world. That's the same yeah. thing in the world. No matter where you go, no matter how small or big the town is, you're going to find equal parts or, you know, different parts of each one. And it's yeah. what you choose. If somebody it gives you attitude right out of the first time meeting them, like, well, you might be having a bad day, but you might have a lot of bad days. I don't know. It doesn't mean I need to have a bad day with yeah. you. Yeah, that's true. 
And I know your wife, Jacqueline, who's wonderful, yeah. has her uh, fashion clothing company, uh, Rabot. Yeah. Right? How's that going? And It's going great, man. She's. Uh, it's such an inspiration to be married to someone, have a partner that is an entrepreneur. It's it's really cool. I mean, it's like having you guys as friends. And that's one of the people that I, you know, one of the five closest people. So she started, she's always been in fashion. She's always, she said it the other day to me. She said, this is, uh, this is what I was meant to do was to have my own company in, in fashion. And she started her own line January 2020, right before COVID. Wow. Wow. And she, evening wear, a lot, of, a lot of silks, beautiful dresses, all dead stock fabric, mostly very sustainable. So dead stock fabric is fabric basically that other companies are like, hey, uh, we only used half of it. Get rid of it. She'll use that half. Did you know that before she made this a company? No. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've gotten a lot of clothes from her yeah. that I would never have. That's funny. Yeah. But so, no, she's great, man. She's, she's hustling. She's hustling. She yeah, got, I mean, she got written up in Vogue right when she started. The line was a brand bigger than fashion because her goal is always to be more than just a fashion company, to, to change it, be about sustainability, give, give back. So almost every line that she has, she, she'll use, like, for instance, she has an initiative where she uses fabric scraps and she makes pillows for homeless people. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And then she also had one during COVID where she would have she and one of some of her partners and they would write letters uh, to the frontline workers. So yeah, so she's good, man. She's hustling and the brand's Rabot, shoprabot.com. It's, she's got an event at Fred Siegel in April. Oh, oh no way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, her stuff's going to be there. You guys will be, you guys will be invited. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be really cool. Rabot is R-A-B-O-T. Yeah. There's a circumflex over the O it's French. Okay. It's her last name, but yeah, Rabot, R-A-B-O-T. And it's really fun to see her, do it. And, you know, from, you know, I'm an attorney and I work with entrepreneurs and businesses, but to wear two different hats, right? It's, you know, I have a professional opinion on what you're doing, but I'm also your spouse. <laughs> and, you know, I want to sleep, have sleep next to you and have a good night's sleep. So it's like, how, how am I going to balance what to say here? And, yeah. But it's really fun. It's super inspirational. She works so hard and the, the, her stuff is, is absolutely beautiful. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see where she's going to take it. Oh yeah. That's cool. Shout out to Jacqueline. Yeah. Shout out to Jacqueline. Well, man, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, guys, it's, this was awesome. Whether thank it's you. a podcast or watching football or doing anything, it's always fun to hang out yeah. with you, man. You always have appreciate it, guys. great insight and uh, we really appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thanks guys. Absolutely. Love you, bro. We love you, man. Thanks buddy. Let's yeah, buddy. go. Thank you for watching studio 22. Don't forget to like share and subscribe and follow our socials at studio 22 podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.